It is time now for Making Sense of the Markets with Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Genuity and joins us now. Good morning, Lori. Good morning, Jimmy. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are those markets doing? Markets are in the green again. And, you know, this is after, you know, a few weeks now. Markets have really been rallying as investors really fear um, or there's less fear of a recession in the U.S. at this point. Um, Data is showing us that consumers are still strong. Inflation is more under control than ever, which is very encouraging. So that means, again, less possibility of a recession at this point. On Monday, the S&P 500 had its strongest close since August um, after a five-day positive streak, and the Nasdaq reached a 22-month high. So, you know, even though yesterday markets were a little soft, you have to expect that, right? To me, this market um, looks like it's moving higher. Brett's is increasing. More sectors are moving higher with the S&P 500, which, again, that's kind of the first time we've seen in a year and a half. So, generally speaking, Simi, you and I have been talking about this all through that correction that we went through. And, uh, you know, I felt that we would see kind of a fourth quarter rally for numerous reasons, especially because the Fed paused, inflation is lower, uh, and earnings were fairly good. So there's a lot of reasons to be positive right now. I have to say, it's been a long time since we've heard that, actually. (laughs) Well, I mean, corrections are a part of markets, right? And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, a 10% correction in the stock market twice a year is actually somewhat normal. Again, when you go through it, it doesn't feel doesn't feel good, that's for sure. But it's still a part of investing. And so, again, to me, last year's problems, inflation, interest rates, all those things are in the rearview mirror. Okay, let's hope so, too. So we were just speaking as well with Finance Minister Krista Freeland, Laurie, about that Canadian, the fiscal update that happened yesterday. How did the markets react to that? Yeah, I mean, the markets don't react too much to, to what's going on. Us as Canadians, it matters, obviously, uh, with what's happening in terms of the fiscal update, um, us as taxpayers. And, you know, I mean, what everyone's kind of come away uh, from this with is that, um, you know, the deficit is, is increasing, the government's spending too much. Um, you know, we need accountability, in my opinion. And, um, you know, we're only going to see things get worse before they get better, is, is what it appeared to me. And I know that, you know, housing affordability is, you know, the main criticism uh, at this time for Canadians, but really over the last, you know, since Trudeau's been in power, I mean, what have we really seen in terms of housing affordability get any better? So again, I think that there's a, a lot to be talked about before the next election, and we'll see what happens at that point. Uh, but I think as Canadians, we should demand that spending gets under control. Okay, so where, like, what, what kind of impact did that have then in the markets? Like, how overall, would you say we're trending in the right direction here? Well, in terms of um, in terms of the markets, I mean, the Canadian markets are trailing the U.S. markets right now, but it really doesn't have to do too much with this. It has more to do with um, uh, we're resource based. Resources have not really been running. Oil has been coming down, of course, which is good for inflation. Um, but in terms of us as Canadians, again, I mean, with mortgage rates where they are. Um, you know, the thought is, is that the Bank of Canada is going to reduce rates by, uh, you know, three quarters to a point next year. So that will be welcome to all those variable rate mortgage holders. So, again, they're supposed to start reducing rates uh, in spring of 2024. And uh, that will definitely help the real estate market here in Canada and, and help Canadians uh, with all the debt that they've got. Okay, uh, let's talk about getting a new financial advisor because, you know, people are probably thinking about things like that now, especially with the way the markets have been going. What should we keep in mind? Are there some red flags that we should be listening for? 
Yeah, you know, <clears throat> I've been doing this a long time, almost 25 years. And, and you know, there's a lot of signs out there, I think, that when, you know, um, uh, a client or an investor is going to interview a new advisor that, and things that they need to kind of watch out for. Um, you, you know, you don't want to be over-promised and under-delivered. And I'm not generally talking about just performance. I'm just talking about the whole situation when you're when you're initially talking to somebody. And sometimes also, if it's too good to be true, you got to keep that in perspective as well. And so some of those flags that, uh, you know, I've seen, um, you know, people come to me and say, you know, this is what I had expected. This isn't what I got. Um, one is, you know, undercutting fees. You know, fee transparency is really important. And so if you are quoted a really low fee, sometimes there's a lot of hidden fees underneath. So you have to make sure that you're asking for all of the fees that you're paying to make sure that you're getting the, the full picture. Uh, again, over-promising services sometimes. Um, you know, there was actually... Um, somebody who called from the radio and they were talking to another advisor as well at the same time. And they were told that uh, the person wouldn't just be managing the investments, but do the financial planning, the wills and estates, um, and actually be like paying the tax on a trust and doing all this kind of stuff. And I'm going, that's not even possible really for one guy to do. <clears throat> and then when they looked more into it, they realized that wasn't the case. So again, over-promising the services. Um, and again, you know, you want to watch out for, talking more than they listen, right? If they're talking more about their products, their business, you know, I manage this, I do that. You know, it's not about that. You want to know what they're going to do for you. And it's important for them to detail that. And a lot of advisors can make them seem more experienced than they are, where really maybe they, you know, aren't making the investment decisions um, on the portfolio, for example, or they haven't been in the business as long as you think that they have, or they don't have the team to support what they're even you know, telling you that they're going to do. It's really important that you have a big team around you to provide proper advice and wealth management and estate planning on all those things. And the last thing I'll say, Simi, again, last year was a bad year in markets. If someone is telling you they were up last year or, you know, down 2%, you know, that probably is also another red flag. With markets, there are going to be negative years and you wanted an advisor to be honest and let you know what that negative year was. And I think that's important as well. Okay, the overpromising thing, I, I think that is so key there, Lori, because people, they want to be reassured, right? And it would be so easy to fall victim to somebody who tells you, don't worry, I'll take care of it. Yeah, well, exactly. You know, you don't want someone that exaggerates their capabilities, right? You want somebody to be open and honest and set expectations about what you're going to receive when when you are a client of theirs, whether, you know, again, performance it will change throughout the years, but servicing and as well as their capabilities as a team, do they have people with defined roles on their team? Who do they depend on for their information? All those sorts of things. So you just want to make sure you have a clear picture uh, before signing up with any new financial advisor. Okay. So the fees are important too. I know you mentioned that about the undercutting of fees, but how do we know what is reasonable? Yeah, I would say in, <clears throat> sorry, um, in our industry, you know, kind of that, you know, 1% to 1.75% somewhere in there is normal. But you want to make sure, again, if someone's quoting 1%, are they investing you in funds that also have a fee underlying? And if that's the case, that's fine. It's just that you need to know because you may not actually see that. When we put together an investment plan for anybody that comes on board, we're showing them all of the fees that they're going to be paying. So I think that's also very important. All right. Well, Laurie, thank you so much for that. 
Thanks so much, Simi. Have a great week. You too. That is Lori Pinkowski. Lori is a senior portfolio manager at Canaccord Genuity. And you can contact her team, ask her these questions directly if you'd like, 604-695-LORI, or you can visit their website at pinkowski.ca.